Welcome to Drunk on Comics podcast number 423. 423? Yes. Is that right? That is correct. As far as I remember. Number, podcast number, numbers and letters and things. I don't know. Where are we at? (laughs) Is there a niner in there? (laughs) Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Well, we're, we're, we're in August now. Yes, we are. <sighs> the 19th month of the pandemic. Yeah, I have, man. I just... I'm not going to lie. Uh, comics has helped me out a lot more throughout all yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've held on strong for the, most of the time, but I am. I think I'm finally getting to the point where I'm like, all right. I've cleaned everything. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's so clean. (sighs) Just have more time to read more books. I guess. I have have a problem reading, though. Like, not reading. You're dyslexic? No, I fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) I have, like, reading-induced narcolepsy or something. (laughs) Well, that's not good. Do you still want to read a bedtime story to you? I guess, maybe. Although I try to listen to podcasts before going to bed, and that makes me fall asleep, too. I think I'm just a tired person. <laughs> I could see that. Anyway, uh, yeah, we reviewed some books. Yeah, uh, kind of delved into a lot of mutant dumb. Yes, we're a lot of that going going around these days. And I, I didn't get in, in it as involved that I wanted to in that's, the Power Rangers world but i if you would have gotten any more involved into that review it this would have been just a power rangers review podcast. oh i could have probably went an hour <laughs> yeah and i probably will when the last issue of this <laughs> series comes out i'll delve in deeper yeah. into everything you're on your own on that one <laughs> <laughs> unless you need someone everyone's hell to be like uh-huh oh really are you pronouncing that name correctly? <laughs> Don't oh, you question are. me. Yeah. A <laughs> uh, little bit of news, not a whole lot. Mostly around gross men and movies. Yeah. Movies is going to be the talking point for forever, right. pretty much in this time of uncertainty. Yeah. Is it releasing? Is it not? Right. So grab a drink. Grab a couple drinks. Or whatever makes you feel good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sit back and enjoy Junk on Comics podcast number 423, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, or Going the Full Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> Never go the full Xavier. <laughs> so I went to the drive-ins last night. Yeah. You did drive ins multiple. Yes, I yeah I drove to well, a you, couple. You pluralized it, so you know. <laughs> Was it no? Yes, yeah, the drive in went to the drive in. I plural a lot of things, which I don't know why, because it's just dumb. Huh? It's so I can still call it out. <laughs> well, no, I know. I'm just saying that it's dumb that I do that. But regardless, uh, we saw Jurassic Park. And the second movie, because there's always two movies, right. Jurassic World, and the person I was with, I'm quite upset with, and if they're listening, I'm still upset that they didn't want to 
sit through the second movie, so we had to leave. Oh. And I'm like, yes, I do love Jurassic Park, and it was awesome. However, I was like, oh, I've seen that a million times. I've only seen like Jurassic World like twice, and I was looking forward to seeing that one more for some reason. Was that the know. first of the new movies, or is it the second of the new movies? What was because they've no, done they two? Haven't, they haven't made the second of the new movies. I thought they made two. With Chris Pratt. Yeah. Didn't they make two? This is the first one with it. They're making the second one right now. It hasn't released yet. It's Jurassic uh, Park Dominion, I want to say. But I'm probably way Fallen off. Fallen Kingdom. They're Fallen... Wasn't there two? Yes, there was two. I'm not even going to listen to you anymore. There was... <laughs> Jurassic World and then there was Fallen Kingdom, right? Fuck. Yeah. All right. right. Thank you. It was two. <laughs> so it was the first one. And I, and I, okay. And yeah, so I probably have seen that other one then more than. I don't even so think I've I'm seen thinking the, the one, one. The, the second one of that one is, yeah, when they had. Which is what I'm picturing. Because uh, the first one, they had those globe things that they were in. Right. And the mountain, like, blew up and everything. Mm -hmm. And the second one had the rich scientist person creating dinosaurs, like, in the basement of their mansion, which was right. just weird and dumb. And then they escaped in the countryside. And the newest one looks like it's going to be dinosaurs, like, in America suburbs. Ah. Uh, that would be That's what not I'm Jurassic to. World at all. Or Jurassic no, Park it would be all. a whole Jurassic... Oh, well, yeah. Jurassic World. Yeah. Which is what their new... I guess title is sure. they're beyond the park that's true i had to do the the stupid dad joke uh of you know well, it's not even dad joke it was more of a dumb thought but t-rex has come from the cretaceous period and it's been noted before that a lot of the dinosaurs within jurassic park are not from jurassic period so they should have called it like creaceous park or anything or mesozoic or any other era like it just feels like it'd be wrong like it rolls, up, rolls off the tongue wrong. Well, yeah, you can barely say any of those words. <laughs> <laughs> I think you pronounced crustaceous like five different ways just in that one thought. <laughs> so I'm glad it's Jurassic Park yeah, and not those other words. Yeah, that's the easiest one to say. That was probably their thought process. 100%. Who can pronounce the words? What one can they pronounce? <laughs> I think Jurassic's the easiest one. <laughs> I believe so as well. Mesozoic Park. <laughs> so, sounds like a Jethro Tull album. <laughs> oh, <laughs> doesn't you're right, it does not roll off the tongue. <laughs> um so yeah, so there's there was that. Fun. I think I had some other things I was gonna say, but I can't even top that now. I mean, you know what I did all week? Worked, and then when I wasn't working work, I was working in my house cleaning because when you're fucking bored out of your mind, those are the two things you get to do: clean and work. Well, if you're bored cleaning your house, nope. you can come. <laughs> <laughs> that would keep me very busy. 
You would not exactly. be. We, I don't know that our friendship could survive me actually cleaning your house the way I want to because you. And would, we talk about it all the time. We, you would lose half of your possessions. I'm getting to that point where I'm okay <laughs> with it. <laughs> then you get a dumpster and I'll be over here. <laughs> I probably should get a dumpster. <laughs> You're gonna need it. Yeah. Oh, but anyways, uh, enough about our lives. Yeah, nobody wants to hear about that. My mom does. Does she? <laughs> I mean, she doesn't listen. <laughs> does she? Or is she where we're all at where he's, she's like, uh, he's at least breathing. Are you still alive? That's <laughs> yeah. all I need to know. <laughs> um, so books this week. Uh, I'm going to quick talk about something that came out the week before because, well, it was really fucking good. Uh, it's X-Men and Fantastic Four number four. It's issue four of the four-issue miniseries. I know I just said the same words backwards and forwards in those sentences. But this finally came out, and I didn't get a chance to review it uh, the other week because, well, X-Books have been really hard to come by lately, and then when they all did, I didn't realize that they all came out just like this week. So I'm a little behind on catching up with uh, reading some of those. I finally read this one, and holy shit, there's just so much to unpack from this. And again, everything that's been going on in the X world has been phenomenal. Um, I don't think there will be a time where I will even consider the X-Men books right now to like not be awesome. Uh as hard as that kind of is to say or sound like, but Hickman has just made, I don't know, he's just made this whole world out of shit that's been there, mm -hmm. but he's sculpted it and molded it and made it his thing, but also hasn't retconned to make things just for petty sake. Um, so I say uh, Hickman has done everything, but... Technically, you know, there's other creators for these books, and so you do need to kind of say, yes, he has his ideas, but some of these are a little bit some other writers, but I'm liking that there's Grand Architect. Uh, so this has uh, Chip Zdarsky, who's written this, which he's also incredible, too. So Yeah, I love his writing, and I think his humor is great, but I suspect that this book probably isn't overly humorous. Not really, yeah. no. I mean, really, it comes down to um, Franklin Richards. Uh, I've said this before, and most people kind of probably know by now. He is a mutant. He randomly born, I mean, born to his parents, but the X gene, just like in anything, um, is random sometimes. Right. And so he has that, so he is a mutant. That's where his powers come from, and he's an Omega-level mutant. And since they're also trying to, uh, Professor X and Magneto and Sinister and all those people of the High Council are getting as many mutants to come to Krakoa as possible, they're trying to get him. Now, with every single when two good guy groups kind of clash heads, it's over misunderstandings. And I was kind of surprised that there, there was some misunderstandings, but... They did it in less of the 
let's just start fighting like trope like they did fight within these issues but at the end of it and especially in this issue um after everything happens you see professor x kind of saying you know i probably had had better way to be tactful of saying hey we want to help teach your son we're not just taking him even though they heavily implied we're taking your son because he's a mutant right and sue storm uh I would not let that happen. Well, she, being a mom, was saying, you know, I do need to realize my son has pretty much been a hero. He's gone on things. And that you, Professor, have been a teacher and a protector of mutants. And we... <laughs> well, I mean, old old school him. Yeah. 90s, 90s <laughs> Professor X. I feel like... Um, I feel like if you dig deep enough into Professor Xavier's history... Oh. Nobody would leave their child with that. Man. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. His outward appearance. <laughs> and so, but that all came towards the end of this because throughout this uh, four issues, besides them creating this strife, uh, Franklin in the Fantastic Four books has been losing his power and. It doesn't make sense, really. I mean, when you're a mutant, you kind of have that tapped in. And Doom has come up with his own thought of this God particle, this energy that comes from a pocket dimension that all superpowered beings, whether it's through a serum or through um, cosmic rays or anything, so he's pretty much talking to the Fantastic Four and everything, or for Franklin, it comes from this giant battery somewhere out there and they can tap into it. And so he's trying to, uh, so wait, charge his battery. Doom's theory is that no matter where you got your powers from, they're all charged by this giant battery in this pocket dimension. Kind of. Yeah. Why are we going to stop listening to doom? <laughs> I know it's a little far fetched and a little and crazy. It was a little bit weird, but it's like, it's like, it's like he read Green Lantern and was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. When it comes to Doom, though, he's not dumb. So what, like, it's written as dumb as a writer. But again, I'm not knocking on what Chip did because it made sense if you read the little extra uh, inserts that they've been putting in the books and everything. Just trust me, it, I'm doing it not justice of well, explaining it that well. that's fair. <laughs> yeah. But he's going to uh, power up uh, Franklin again, and uh, obviously there's some nefarious things that he's trying to do. And in one one of the best Doom's fashion, he told the X-Men that they could come onto his island that he acquired, so it's uh, Latvia, to um, pretty much uh, just don't do anything. Don't touch anything. Don't do anything. And the X-Men knew that there were some other mutants on this island, so they're trying to rescue them. And, of course, them rescuing them is against what Doom was saying. Don't touch anything or mess with anything. And so Doombots show up. The Doombots uh, attack, and then the X-Men kill, destroy Doombot. And they find out, oh, there's a mutant inside these Doombots. Because hmm. Dr. Doom was like, I'll show you. You're going to probably attack my guys, and how you're going to kill your own people. Which then I'm like, 
holy fuck, that's so sadistic. Like, who does that? And so partly I, I side with Doom because he's a good character, even though I know he's an idiot. Most of the times he's just a um, arrogant bastard, not a let me do this intricate way to where you're going to set off a chain reaction where it provokes me because you killed one of my people mm-hmm. who just so happens to be a mutant, which will happen. So he then sends in these Sentinel Doom bots, giant fighting uh, amongst everyone. But in the end, you know, they kind of start realizing that Doom was a dick. And Franklin stops the process. Like, he's still trying to get this, like, particles given to him so he can have his powers all the way back. And so, but then, you know, they cut it off. They stop it. Franklin goes, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. But at the end, what was great is Franklin was like, I do want to go to this mutant island and since they have those gates he can be home anytime he wants for dinner it's not that big of a deal uh as i was saying they kind of uh apologized um professor x and and the reed family um or richard's family but one of the greatest thing at the end of this which really painted a terrible picture for the mutant island is they show Franklin training, learning uh, on the island, but they still don't know why his powers are limited right now. So uh, Beast is, you know, doing testing on him, and then Frank's like, oh, no, I got to get home for dinner. And Professor X and uh, Magneto decide to join him. And they're like, we got business to go on in New York, so we'll go through the gate with you and everything. They go to... Um, their uh, the Fantastic Four's house, and they go and pay Reed a visit in his uh lab. And this is where shit, like, as far as everything that's been going on, status quo, this to me is like a defining moment. Although, now thinking of it, it's probably not because <laughs> Professor X has been a dick many times before. But what we come to find out is throughout all, uh, Part of the big reason why they made this four-episode, um, four-issue uh, series here is because of this one key thing. Reed Richards is a genius, and he probably would find a way to destroy or block the mutant gene, which he did. He created this device that, throughout the beginning of this, to stop Professor X from finding him um, on Cerebro and everything, from finding Franklin... He pretty much uh, made the mutant gene invisible in his son, and something, and that's what all you thought this device could do. But what you find out later uh, from, from Professor X is that it can also pretty much destroy that X gene. It could make you not a mutant. So is Franklin losing his powers because... They haven't explained why. Is it because his dad's fucking with him with this machine? I mean, that very well could, because... The only thing that they said was his powers aren't depleting as much when he uses them on the island. So that's a little mysterious of like, okay. I like that they now have him as part of the X-Men grouping right now, especially because it's going to be going into the Swords of X, and I'm assuming he might be a power hitter on that. I mean, 
we haven't seen Franklin really be embracing the mutant side, and that's one of the greatest things at the end of this, having him decide that, and his parents saying, you know, they need to let go, and you have that heartfelt uh, panel where, you know, he's like, Dad, and he's like, I'll let go just eventually, you know, just like holding him and stretching around his son. But Professor X and, and Xavier find out that this thing can pretty much cut off the mutant powers. And they're not having it. And it goes from friendly tone to, hey, you know, this to all of a sudden Reed going, are you in my head? And Professor X going, yes. And I'm erasing how you can ever make this ever again. And then he also just kind of goes into some throwbacks from before of like, back in the Illuminati days, what would happen now is I would erase this encounter from your brain as well so that you didn't even know I'm here. But I want you to remember. I want you to know that I know that you could have done. And like Reed's still kind of like, I would never have done something like that. But they're like, but that you could. Yeah. So we don't want you to do that. And so in one of the most beautiful visualizations of how someone can try to grasp at how to make something with only having bits and pieces every time they're thinking of it. So that, sure, you will always want to make this device because you'd look at it as defensive mechanism, not the offensive part. But you're just not ever going to be able to find that one piece. And when you think of that one piece, you won't be able to think of this other piece. Is there's three panels that's like a, a entry log that kind of shows a little bit of the schematics and, and what this device can do. And then the next one, it's starting to just have some pieces erased and words gone away. And then like third entry, it's just, it's blank. And I just thought it was beautiful. That's how the book ended. But it ended this way, but mainly with the threat from Professor X of, uh, you know, you're gonna, you're going to be... Yeah. Checked in on. He's so insidious, that Professor Xavier. It really is a perfect example of, like, histories told by the winners, right? Like, you're the hero of your own story sort of situation. Because he's terrible. I feel like The Walking Dead's the same way with Rick, right? Like, if somebody else were telling the story, Rick would be the villain. Oh, for sure. And if somebody else were telling the story, Xavier would be a villain. For sure. 100%. He's terrible. He thinks he's doing it for, like, the good of mutant kind, right? Everything that he's done in his past. But he's no different than Magneto. Magneto's just overt about it. But, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm i loving, though, this kind of more blatant yeah. asshole. Because he's always been just the kind, like, yeah. okay, uh, turn the other cheek type person. And uh, this is what's so compelling, I think, is just finding out it's easier I mean, to have balls when you know you can't die, though. You know what I mean? True. Like, and you have a powerful nation and yeah, yeah. pretty much all the money you want with your wonder drug. There's so much just going on that I, I, I'm I fascinated by this Professor Xavier. I'm fascinated with what's going on in this world. It seems like they are not going to take no or yes or whatever. If you don't obey... right. You're gonna You're be in trouble. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It makes me concerned for the storyline because, you know, the part of the X Men is that they've always had this, but they've always had the the opposite, which is like the heart of the group, 
tends to be the female characters, which is annoying. But um, we haven't really seen that yet. We haven't really seen somebody, Mm -hmm. like, test Xavier and be like, you're going too far with everything. Everyone's just kind of like, all right, well, this is how we all survive, so we're going to do it. It's getting a little... Uh, Nazi Germany-ish. Yeah. To be quite honest with you. But instead of, you know, killing everybody else, they're just hyper-focused on bringing their people back to life, which is definitely, uh, you know, better (laughs) than the Holocaust. But, um, he's definitely pushing in that direction to me as a character. Yeah. Which is, well, I mean... Yeah, and when you think about it, because I was going to say, like, going in that direction is totally against what um, Eric would want, because mm-hmm. he right. went through all that. Right. But then again, though, well, mutants are superior, and it I've never really thought of it, but how... It's such a weird... Ironic, yeah. That, to... I mean, that is true term of ironic. Yeah. When he... Yeah. It's just, it's weird. The hero worship within the... The mutant hierarchy, right? They've, you've got the the people who bring people back to life, like that group, the five or whatever yeah. they call them. Like the hero worship for them is intense. The hero worship for any of the original X Men, like so they. It's not even like what's they're setting up a world where everyone's equal. There is a hierarchy within this. For all sure. the things that I'm loving that they do, like the five and all these things that I'm like. God, this is so awesome. And I can see the potential for this fucking things up. And I'm looking forward yeah. to that shoe dropping. Right. Oh, there's so much. And there's, <clears throat> so like I said, there's a lot of Xbox that came out uh, in the last uh, couple weeks that I finally have to get caught up on all of those again. And loving this world uh, that we're in. And I can't believe we're into August now. Ugh. It's Almost crazy. fall because, like I said, there's this sort of X event that kicks off uh, mid-September, and I'm like, I kept thinking, God, that's so far down the road. It's no, it's now like a month, month away. Yeah, it's been the shortest, longest year. <laughs> yep, yes. <laughs> um. So I read one of the X Men books that have come out recently, and I'm actually I'm also very far behind. In the X-Men books. Like, I, I think the last one I read... I was only down to two of them by the time everything kind of stopped shipping. Um, and then when they started again, I was just like, Ugh, now I have to reread everything. Because, you know, after a couple months of not reading things, you're like, what did I miss? What did I forget? Sort of thing. But I took this opportunity to hop on a number one because the one thing that they've been very good at on this series is allowing you to kind of hop on to a number one without having to have read all the rest of them, as long as you have, like, a base knowledge of what's going on, right? So I picked up X-Factor number one. Now, a little bit of history, because I think people tend to confuse X-Factor and X-Force. Oh, for sure. (laughs) And they're not the same. So X-Factor was originally started by the original X-Men, after Jean Grey came back to life and they retconned the whole Phoenix thing. Um, And they left because I think Xavier had put Magneto in a leadership position in the X-Men and all the original X-Men were like, fuck this guy. We're going to do our own thing. And they kind of created like this whole heroes for hire sort of team where they would investigate and look for mutants who were 
not using their powers responsibly, I guess is the nice way to put it. And then basically taking them in and retraining them and then putting them back out in the wild. (laughs) (laughs) Such a weird thing to think about. Um, But they would, so that, that's, that's what X Factor was, was kind of like a mutant hunting task force without the hunting being like, we're going to kill you. See, like, I feel like in more recent times, because I've read some X Factor, that it, especially with Multiple Man, that it became more of a detective yeah. agency. Right, right. Well, and they, they, so they did it, like, they did the original one, and then that, in 86, and that lasted, I think, maybe a couple years, and then they um, closed that team down and opened another, another one that was, like, ran by the government, so they had a government... Mm-hmm relationship and that was um Polaris and Multiple Man and Havoc and they were definitely more of a um we're gonna use mutants to hunt mutants. Oh yeah. Sort of thing. Why not? Um and then they did they've come back and and short bursts here and there with different teams. So this is the new iteration of X Factor and it's kind of been started up because <clears throat> So North Star, everyone knows who North Star is, right? I don't have to explain who North Star is. Um, has this feeling that his sister died. So he goes to the five and he's like, you have to bring her back. And they're like, dude, you can't just tell us she died and we're going to bring her back. That's not how this works. We need proof of death. We're not going to make a copy of somebody who might still be alive. That's one of the rules. So he ends up running into Polaris, who's like... You're doing this all wrong because he's running around the island trying to figure out who saw her la- his sister last and stuff. And Polaris is like, "You're doing this wrong, buddy. You're you're being a hothead, pissing people off. <laughs> 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 like, let me let me grab a couple people and we'll we'll investigate what happened." So she, you know, she gets Rachel Summers, who's going by the name of uh, Prestige now, and she grabs Dakin. Which I felt, I haven't read too much Dakin, but I kind of fell in love with Dakin in this book. And I'll explain why um, <laughs> later. Uh, Prodigy, um, and then iBoy, who I had never heard of before. Oh, I, he's so creepy. He's been showing up in some of them, and it, <laughs> I like it. His, well, A, I'm like, God, he's got so many weak points. Yeah. Like, <laughs> throw some dust in the air and he's right? hurting. He'd but, never make it in the Three Stooges, right? What I've liked, what, I mean... It seems like he's got some sort of protective shield when he's fighting, yeah. or he just closes his eyes, whatever. But I like when they've used him on some missions where his eyes can see in different uh, wavelength stuff. Like yep. He has predator eyes. He has can see in invisible. He can see things invisible. He can magical eyes that can like see whatever it is that he needs to see, which is a cool badass power if you need someone mm-hmm. to be. Like checking eyes and not ears, but you know what I'm saying. Like, right? Yeah. I found that they've used him very uh, well for being such a weird fucking character. Like, I would not ever think to pick Eyeball Boy on my X Men team. I know he kind of invited himself to this party, okay. <laughs> but it ended up being a good thing that he was there. Um, so she she kind of gathers these people together and they go to Vancouver where. North Star's sister had Aurora had gone like because they can track wherever all the mutants are going right they can see what 
uh, portal they've gone through. So she, they could see that she went to Vancouver. And so they go and they use all their combined powers to kind of track down what happened, right? Rachel's using her. She has the power to kind of see, as long as she can focus in on it, what, like, the energy of somebody. So, like, if she focused in on your energy in this house, she would be able to see what you did for a period of time and kind of just follow it. Like a, like a shadow, almost. Um, so Dakin, <laughs> he's totally got the same attitude as, as Wolverine, right? He's got, like, that gruff kind of uh, lovable, spiky teddy bear kind of attitude. I did not realize that he had this pheromone ability, right? Where he can oh, put yeah. off these pheromones. And he, there's this scene where he goes to talk to the the guy who's running this motel that um, Aurora was staying at. And he's trying to get some information off of him. And he lets go of his pheromones. And the guy's just, like, totally, like, drooling over him. And he's like, I've never seen so many abs on a person in real life. And, like, it's this totally hilarious, like, fun flirty thing that's going on while Dakin's trying to get this information <laughs> from this guy and I was like oh my god I love Dakin so much <laughs> it's just it was so hilariously cute I loved the whole thing um but they so they they follow her trail they use I guess Rachel's got this war wolf now that she she's got a weird name for it's like awesome baby or something like that that she calls it it's this weird looking dog like creature that she must have gotten from some book that I have not read yet. Who'd you say has that? Rachel. Oh, uh... Is it one of the... Amazing Baby is what she calls it. Is it one of what's-his-name? Because didn't that... Who's that hunter? That Ahab? Got... Yeah, because he had werewolves, right? Yeah. It, so maybe it's a baby, one of the... Cause she was under his control for a while. Yeah, and there was an issue where she kind of freaked out, but it was, like, only a single issue, I remember. Maybe, but I don't really recall her getting a wolf. So maybe it might be in one of the more recent ones. I don't know. Yeah. He's really cute. Adorable little hmm. thing. Um, But he sniffs down the trail, and they find the bridge that... Uh, Aurora's car went off and that's where iBoy comes in because they're like can you see the car and he, they, they show him looking in the water and there's like 20-30 cars in the river like so many people have driven off this bridge so they start break, like Polaris starts bringing up the um, cars and they find the one that has so his sister did die like it wasn't like one of those things where they're like they're going to find the car and it's empty like she 100% died so they pull her out, bring her back. I, I love, though, when they die and then they, like, pop out of the yeah. resurrection pools the next day. Like Right. Right. So all of this come well, this opens up a bigger story of, like, why, why did she die? Who killed her? What was the purpose behind it? The guy that they figured, they when they did some more investigating, when they figured out who it was... Um, tied him back to like the anti-mutant militias and stuff like that. So I'm sure that that group is going to play into this story at all, or this story a lot, probably. It's going to be their main bad guy or these anti-mutant militia people. But <clears throat> more than anything, they're like, okay, the five. We're like, all right, 
so we get requests to bring back dead mutants like every day like a ton of them and we have to say no to so many people because we don't they don't have proof that the mutant's dead like they're supposed to wait a certain amount of time after the last mm-hmm. uh, upload right they can see when the their the mutant's brain was last uploaded to Cerebro they can see the last time they went through a portal all that kind of stuff but they have to wait like a year or something after the last upload with no resurgence of the person I don't know I don't think I believe it's a year it's a it's a time though yeah they do have a time yeah. frame because they don't want to make a copy and right. then that person comes back and then that's which I'm waiting for that to happen because you know it's going to happen right. when they say yeah. we shouldn't do this right so they're like you know we we want to we want to bring back these people but it's you know it's hard because we can't we don't have time to investigate if these people are really dead. So we just have to say no. And they're like, we think that you guys should start up X Factor again, basically, and be the team that investigates this. Like, you know, we'll send you reports of people who have been missing for a while. And also people can put in requests mm. for missing mutants. So they're going to be like the somebody gone missing. Get a hold of X Factor. And they'll look to see if they can figure out if your person's dead or not sort of situation. So it is definitely more of of a investigative arm now than before where they were actually tracking down mutants that were harmful and retraining them. They're they're kind of like the proof of death group now for okay. for the island, which is cool. Um, they've set up a bunch of things. They have the... The woman who, I can't remember her name, her character's name off the top of my head, but she watches the portals, the comings and goings in the portals, and she gets these reports. So they're being sent to them, and Forge set up these weird little seeds or something now with Krakoa where people can whisper into the seeds and be like, this person's missing, and then send it, and it'll go to the X Factor team. Okay, well, that's cool. What's funny is they have mentioned that with Forge and everything making his many products of biotech stuff mm-hmm. and Beast who's really tinkering with some of that stuff too they had mentioned making some sort of device but it sounded almost like it would be like an instantaneous like I could be talking into a stick in South America and it would automatically mm. come from us so it sounded like more of a walkie talkie telephone yeah. biotech this is still cool too. Like maybe yeah. we'll develop the cell phone of. It's, it's supposed to be like a discreet thing. Like if you want to report something, but you don't want. Ooh, it's, it's and like you know, a... you know, what potentially is bad there. It's when you think it's anonymous, right? And it's not. Nah. Yeah, I would imagine that there are ways to gleam who wrote the message off of it but it would also but it would give you a level of anonymity that's not like you're oh, yeah. running through the street saying oh my god this person or look at what i saw right you just whisper it and this team this one specific team that needs it gets it so um one thing in this book that i thought was funny and i actually read an article about this after i read the book which i thought was interesting so polaris goes to the council the quiet council or the silent council or whatever they call themselves and is like we need to start x factor up and Magneto's like, let's do it, girl, because, you know, it's his <laughs> yeah. daughter. And, he, and she, he's like, you'll be a great leader. And she's like, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to be a leader. 
North Star's gonna do it. And Magneto pulls her aside afterwards and he's like, you know, being my daughter, like, there are expectations of you. And she was like, if I asked you to explain my personality, what would you say? And he just sits there with a blank face. And she's like, yeah, that's what I would say, too. (laughs) (laughs) And it totally leads back to, like, the time where they were just throwing all these new mutants out there to, like, add to the group, but not... Developing them. Developing them. And Polaris has always been one of those, like, who is she? She's the daughter of Magneto. Yeah, that's her define. Yeah. I never thought about that, but that is so true. So, I thought that was a a great call-out to the way some of these characters have been created in the past, and... Um, she was like, I want to figure out who I am. So that kind of lets you know what this writer, um, her name is Leah Williams, is planning with this character. Like, she's actually going to give Polaris some character, which is nice, right? Because she's been around since, I don't know, 80s? If not before that, Polaris? Yeah. Um, and literally the only thing I know about her are her powers and that she's Magneto's daughter and she has green hair. <laughs> like those are her defining characteristics yep. as a character and that's not a good character. So, uh, it was really good. I liked, I liked being able to read it without having to go back and read all the stuff that has come out before it. Like there was a couple things where I was like, I don't know what that is or where that's from, like the werewolf thing and stuff like that. But it was so inconsequential to the actual story itself that... I wasn't like, oh, now I have to go back and read everything. <laughs> so it was good. And, you know, I'm still I'm still down with this whole Dawn of X shit that's going on. I It hasn't gotten to oversaturation point yet. It will. All the X-Men books always do. You start getting 20 out a month, that's and it's true. like, oh, God, guys, come on. Narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have, though, they've been good. Uh, they had uh, Fallen Angels was a title that went for six issues, and then I'm glad it ended because I wasn't too keen on that one anyways. Right. But it wasn't but I also thought it was very important to show the Psylocke, uh Betsy Braddock type now that they're separate to who they are now as individuals with Betsy's been in a different one and that was more of a actual Psylocke. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, Betsy's been so, in so, 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 so that's a good maybe this is another one of the short run right. we don't know. So yes, saturating a bit, but I'm cool with yeah. some books stopping and going and ending where they need to end. I don't mind if they come out with books that have specific themes. So like this one clearly is like your investigative yeah. arm. And like Excalibur is kind of like your uh, swords and sorcerers sort of arm mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then you have the marauders, which is, you know, they're pirates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it, each book lends itself to, like, a different thing, and you don't necessarily, and you know, maybe read the main X-Men and then whatever offshoot you want to read sort of thing. But now you're getting, like, Wolverine has one, and now you're getting the Empire stuff that's coming out that's related to it, and it's just like, oh, come on, you guys. I want to jump back in, but you're making it really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I had one other book that I wanted to talk about, and I wanted to talk about it in depth, but we've talked quite in depth of our two books. Yes. Just because of the world that has been created. Like, when you have this much depth and so much to pull from, it's it's hard to keep it under, like, 
500 words or less. I know. I know. And so for I'm going to I'm going to do as briefly as possible because the series is ending in 2 months anyways. Uh but Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 52. They are ending at issue number 55 uh coming out in October. I'm sad to hear that and one of the things I've been speculating was is this going to go over to IDW because of the Hasbro acquiring them and anything? But then again, how you make toys and who publishes comics, there's other types of, you know, legalese and everything. And I'm happy to find out that uh, Boom is going to be releasing two new series right after this, which when I'm reading what the series are is continuation from this so of course so it's so, not actually the end no it's not uh the end of these stories arcs kind of because there's two uh, books that are out there's go go power rangers which has pretty much been when these were released uh mighty Morphin power rangers was the main one that picked up right after um oh, what is that the one called again green uh uh, green with evil so when do you know any power rangers and you probably know at least the green ranger yeah i know who the green ranger is yeah so that in that story arc um is where it just started they're like let's get to the best part we need tommy and let's go from there and then they made go go power rangers which was more of a uh before tommy joined but also, uh, so let's tell some like more just fun stories where this Mighty Morphin was going to be more in-depth to this universe. And one of the things is that they were trying to, they're making the show canon still within this universe. Which is hard to do when you're stuck knowing an ending. How do you add new bad guys? Like, you can do it episodically, like they've done with some of the issues. Like, oh, it's just a new bad guy, and it's just a story for a different day. But when you're getting in-depth to some of the things they've done, like Lord Draken, who I've mentioned before, there was this whole story arc where Tommy didn't become a good person. He stayed evil mm -hmm. and pretty much took over the universe. And this got into a multiverse of Power Rangers. Because the Power Rangers show is not all set in the same universe. Right. They try to do that with the first couple. Um, they've had some people come back for some other ones. Uh, or at least characters to make it more, oh, this is our universe, just a different, like, it's in the future. And somehow Carbonite Frozen Body made this person alive later on. But, you know, you could have some Rangers show up in different things. Uh, it doesn't make much sense half the time, but... They just go with that. Well, in this, they tried to fix that by showing there's just different universes. And Lord Draken... Daken. No, Draken. Are you sure? Yes, you're you're Daken. I'm looking at the review for one of these, and it says D-A-K-K-O-N. I know. Silence while we Google. <laughs> You probably are right because you're reading it. That means this review from the website that it actually that publishes it is wrong. We need to email them and tell them they have the wrong name in their thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, they we should because <laughs> they're wrong. They are. It's in the email though from the publisher. Oh, from Boo. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Which is why I was so cocksure that you were wrong, but you were right. Yeah, it's like dragon. It makes sense. Crack, yeah. crack, cracking. Yeah. Cracking. Draken. Draken. Yeah. Um, but anyways, he. Uh, now you made me totally lose where I was going with it. <laughs> multiverse. Well, he's taking over the multiverse. Yes. He's killing Power Rangers and taking their coins and pretty much just getting more power. Okay. That was a huge, like, holy shit moment. But at the end of it, they kind of set the world aright and made everything separate. But now you kind of knew that there was other Power Rangers out there. And all this could fit within the time frame of the TV show. As if you've watched the TV show, this still happened. It just happened off screen. It happened in this lost episode. Mm. And that's what they've the writers have been trying to do. Make this somehow canon, but with new stuff. And usually what happens is people's minds get erased. And then uh, it all happened, but just no one Remembers realized it, it for us. But they're not even really doing that. They, Some of the Power Rangers know about it, and but the other ones don't. But they don't mention it enough to where it would be normal watching the TV show that they're not talking about that one time with the Multiverse because they have other shit to deal with. So going on with all that, um, in the Power Rangers TV show, Jason, Trini, and Zack left the team to go to the Peace Corps, and we got uh, a new uh, three Rangers of Rocky, Adam, and um, Aisha, who then took those people's place. And in the TV show, that's what those the original Rangers kind of sometimes would like show up on video chat, whatever, but they are pretty much written off the show then and didn't really show back up after the transition of the new Power Rangers. So this has taken place uh, at least this, the overall story with now in that time frame we got the three new rangers so they're learning what's going on but you have the other rangers off on the peace corps now what we're finding out is that's not that's a cover story mm. they become the omega rangers who are helping some bigger shit on the other side of the galaxy mm. so you have the power rangers protecting earth for whatever reason that is and then you now have these three and they get a fourth so tv show they are not seen anymore because they're doing these adventures out in space gotcha with that being said there's it fits in and um it just fits in so well that it's it's a shame that this series is ending but again seeing, is it really ending? but again seeing the, what's happening yeah. They're, they're, it's not ending. No. They're starting at new number ones, but there's going to be a book that's taking place that is going to follow the exploits of the new Rangers with the uh, other ones. And then we're going to have the Omega Rangers book. So. Right on. Nothing is changing. Um, I'm quite happy about that because it sounded like uh, Ryan Parrott, who's uh, doing these now. He, well, he said his frustrations pretty much. He goes, it's so hard to have to write something creatively that is already written in stone. Right. And how you do that. 
And I think they're going to kind of start doing some things a bit differently with the new series is kind of why they're renumbering it and every so that they can be like, all right, we've already kind of said there's a multiverse. Now maybe we can say we're not the TV show universe. Because right. even up, I mean, the TV show is set in the 90s and this is very much more of a 2000, um, you know, late 2000s right. book. Because they've updated it. Sure. Um, and one of the things that they were talking about is these Dark Rangers in the TV show. And he's talking about mainly due to budget. It was an episode with the Dark Rangers that kind of just stood there. They just didn't do much. They, okay, they're the Dark Rangers. Ooh. <laughs> well, within this, Lord Zed uh, creates his uh, Dark Rangers. And do you ever remember the little minions that were kind of comic relief sometimes? The putties? No, no. Squat and Babu oh. and Finster mm. who made the... the if I thought there. hard enough about Goldar. Them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Goldar, I remember. Okay, yeah. So, like, the henchmen of them. Sure. So he's given them powers now, and they're the Dark uh, Rangers. Ah. Which is not canon from the TV show. Right. And then, of course, Zed and Rita have had their, their ins and outs and everything, and he's made Rita now the fifth Dark Ranger. And that's what ended an issue ago. Um, so we haven't gone back to that yet. But seeing, I'm like, where the hell are we going to wrap this series up right with what we're doing we have uh lord draken has come out of nowhere landed right in front of the command center scared shitless of something else he's going crazy talking to the head of saba the sword but it's just a head that he wears on a necklace he's crazy but everyone thinks he's acting Mm. he entices kimmy uh to uh, pretty much kill him by saying, I know your secrets, I know this and that, and, like, infuriating her. And I'm, and she's thinking that it's all an act. I'm, like, thinking, no, shit, this guy is broken. Yeah. This guy who is completely evil is now afraid of something even more, hmm. which is what happens within Power Rangers lore anyways. A right. new big bad comes. But I'm so curious what happens. And there is a big bad at the end of this that, I don't oh, I... I'm at a loss for words. I'm going to talk more. I don't know that a loss for words is what I would I describe what you words. just did. <laughs> just, I mean, I'm. Was that a short review? No, it wasn't. I mean, I have even so much more stuff like that. I was going to talk about like that. Power Rangers is, is one of the most longest running uh, kids live action TV shows. Yeah, it is. Been running for 27 yeah. continuous years. Over 900 episodes. It's crazy. First started in 1993. It's crazy to me that kids still watch it. With the availability of what is out there now. Like, when we were kids, I mean, it was either you come home from school and watch the Power Rangers or, like, literally daytime television was on. Like, soap operas or talk shows. So it was like, or you could watch Sesame Street on PBS. (laughs) Like, those were your two options. So, like, I could see why it was insanely popular. I mean, plus it is just to, you know, it gets the imagination going. But nowadays, with the way we know that it's filmed. (laughs) And how super cheesy it is. I'm surprised that kids still watch it. 
but more power to him, man. What's funny is my, my nephew, he, I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad show that an eight-year-old could watch it. I just, my brother and stuff, pretty much limiting how many shows his kids watch because they watch a lot of shows and they don't want them started on a new one, I think. Right. But Milo has heard me talk about Power Rangers. He really is interested in Power Rangers. But his parents say no. So he tries to convince me whenever I'm watching him, you know it would be a good idea is to watch some Power Rangers. I'm like, no, it wouldn't. And and he's like, but, like, my dad and mom aren't here. And I go, but I'll get in trouble. And they go, but you'll get in trouble anyways because we'll just... <laughs> and I'm like, what? You'll get in trouble anyways. And then, and then, I, then I go up... So what you're saying is like you could just watch it and then you just tell tell them that I said you could watch it, and I gave him that idea. He didn't think of something like that. <laughs> oh and he God! Goes, yeah, we could do that. I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> so he hasn't gotten to power, watch Power Rangers. I can't wait till he does. Um, I haven't really watched any of the more recent ones to yeah. tell you the truth. But this is nostalgia. This is this is what I grew up with. It's same with reading the Ninja Turtles comic. I mean, with any comics, really. Mm-hmm. You are still reading stuff that you probably read when you were younger. Um, it's just continuation of that story. Right. And there's nothing wrong with if it's for kids or more mature or anything. I mean, this came out... The Power Rangers books came out in 2016. And when it, issue number one came out, it was the highest selling book that month. Like, yeah. It was that much demand that they had, like, six printings, I think. I mean, what's his name? Uh, the guy who played Tommy in the TV show. What's his um, name? Uh, damn it. <laughs> I going to say it's Tommy Oliver, but it's... Uh... It's uh, Jace- Jason... No, no. Uh... I can't even... uh, uh, something David Fr- uh, Frank. Jason David Frank. Yeah, Jason David Frank. Okay. Yep. So, let's not pretend like this series, which he was on for what? A couple years, maybe? Yeah. Like, his living is based still around this television show. He goes to convention after convention after convention after convention as the Green Ranger. Right? Mm-hmm. As the guy who was the Green Ranger. And he makes his living off of that. It's crazy to me. Well, it it's one of the things, too, that uh, reading up on, you know, this is going to be the end of the series, everything about how when they are going to put Tommy in and they decided to just put him in, start from there, because they know how much of a character he is. But how they've, and I think it's true, they've, made it to where yes he is there as a focal point but he's not necessarily the whole enchilada there's the rest of the rangers and other things going on and him still kind of having that i'm a leader but i'm still struggling kind of like from the tv show that he had a bit being in charge because that's where the books are at now uh yeah it's it's so interesting how Think about any other shows, really, growing up, and I don't think there's really anyone else that can really do that, to take that one character they played at one point in life and really make that your thing. No. I mean, I want to say, 
Neil Patrick Harris has done so much more. Right. He could have done that with Doogie Howser. There's the nostalgia that he could have shown up at Cons, sure. but he's bigger than Cons, famous now. Right. But at a point, he probably was that. Yeah. Forgetting how I met your mother and then everything else. Carol Kumar. Yeah. So, it's in it's in the it's in the ether now. I mean, Power Rangers will forever be a part of American world history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I guess we do have time to get to some news. Maybe. I'm glad it's only some, because I couldn't find much. It's like they blew their load last weekend for Comic-Con at home, and then this weekend they were like, we're all just spent. So, here's some here's some little things. Well, uh, something that's never going to go away. Hopefully, uh, say that hopefully it goes away. But, and anytime soon, um, which is race problems within the industry and even other problems, uh, misogyny and all that I'm stuff. I'm glad you're bringing this up because I have some things to say about this. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, one of the things uh, recently was uh, said from Anthony Mackie was about the diversity problem at Marvel. And... Um, is he talking about Marvel Studios or is he talking about Marvel... He's probably talking about marvel studios i haven't seen much of because when you're writers and artists and everything i think it's a there's less of them than actually crew on giant sets of right production that okay. and he that's mainly what he was talking about anyways oh, the diversity on the on productions yeah and but i mean i have a little bit of everything um talk about it but he's kind of he walked back his statement a little bit because sometimes when you start hearing people that are part of projects of places that badmouth their employer like that can't be good right and i i accept what he's said like is uh kind of more um correcting his statements was they don't have like so much about a race problem but it's more of a, a an unawareness that they they're not racist it's just they're unaware that they think that there's more diversity than truly is. It's it's ignorance. Yes, yeah. which is not good, but it's it's a, systemic. You're not, it's systemic racism, yeah, right? It's just something that yeah. So the difference between overt racism is overt racism is people who are legitimately like, yes, I'm a racist, and systematic racism is racism that's built into society, like things you don't even realize are happening are happening hiring practices that have been built into companies for a while. The fact that on a movie production, I bet you a lot of times it's, well, we're hiring this person because they worked on this movie and we're hiring, but for a really long time, those were all jobs that white people took, right? Yeah. So the history is there and this person knows this person, so they get hired and this person knows this person, so they get hired. But then it's like, okay, well, you're just constantly building on this pyramid of whiteness. Instead of, you know, venturing out and being like, oh, new person on the scene, let's take you on and give you a chance mm-hmm. sort of situation. And so. if it came to a person, I mean, who's not racist at all, but totally equal people, but one was white and one was black, 60, probably even 70% would, they would just pick the white person. It's not that they're racist in any way or form. But those opportunities were never there for right. people of color. And uh, 
something I learned is Ryan Reynolds is starting this initiative to where he's uh, trying to help fix that. I mean, only one person can't change everything, but you can be a I mean, start. If it is going to be one person that takes it on, Ryan Reynolds, I think, is a good place to start. So uh, it's called Group Effort Initiative a Diversity Program. And what he's going to do, and he's paying out of his own pocket, uh, this is him doing this, is he's going to take 20 uh, people of color and pretty much make their, I don't know if they're interns or whatever you call but trainees is what uh, he's saying. They're going to be just put into some movie uh, production stuff. These people will start learning. So, like I said, it is an internship. It's I'm probably a... paid. Well, you no, know, yeah, I'm not talking about yeah. that part. But for the people that he's putting in, I'm assuming the people that have already kind of established, this is a new initiative for younger, right. newer people to the industry than let's prop up some people that have already done this who are of color. Right. So, again, another way to go about doing this is bringing in, I mean, you're always going to need to bring in more um, diversity anyways. So I thought that was a really cool thing that he's doing. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. It's it's so important. It's crazy to think about the roadblocks that are out there for people of color, right? There's There's algorithms on so if you apply for a job and you send your resume in like the first thing that looks at that is not a person it's a computer right mm -hmm. and they pull out like the best resumes there's things built into these algorithms that look for um names that aren't normal like everyday names right so you having a name that is kind of not your normal white person name Right, can totally just even take you out of the running for a job, which is fucked up to me because you can't help but your parents name you. Sometimes your parents name you Bridger Walker. <laughs> <laughs> and you end up being a very, <laughs> You're going to hell. very awesome person and save your sister from death, but your name is also Bridger. Um, so, you know, it's good. You, I mean, it's it sucks that we have to... Um, have these sort of initiatives you know you kind of wish you lived in a world where it, that it wasn't necessary that these things happen but it is um so you watch do you watch castlevania on netflix yes. did you know that warren ellis was the warren ellis yes. was the show okay well he's not anymore i know i've read this heard this and he's been pissed. kicked off because he's a terrible person turns out him and a whole that, group of men that's in the comic books oh, industry. Oh, it's said to hear, because he's done good things written, at least. Yeah, he's written good things. So, I mean, the other one that's that's a big name that kind of has been called out is Jason Latour, right? He created Spider-Gwen. So, like, it's one of those things where you kind of have to separate the art from the artist. Like, I still appreciate Spider-Gwen as a character. Um, I'm pissed that Jason Latour was a terrible person because he signed my Spider-Gwen first appearance. And now I'm like, well, now this is worth zero dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but <Very true. laughs> um, I'm happy that these men are being called out and action is being taken against them because for a long time in, in any industry, it's been these men, ugh, these men who 
take who find these women who are young and eager want to get ahead in the industry think that the way to do that is to like get under the wing of somebody who's already established and then you have these men taking advantage of that and it makes me sick and i feel so bad for all the women in this industry and it pisses me off because i read about these comics gate people you know comics gate that fucking hellhole that exists <laughs> yeah. in the comic book industry that's against what they call forced diversity in comics and it's it the whole thing makes me sick and i mean you know we ran into it in our own little circle here not too long ago where it was kind of the same thing it involves grooming and gaslighting and sometimes it doesn't even involve like actual sexual contact contact but the idea of it the promise of it the the use of it to promise people that they're going to get ahead of in the industry you know, it, getting pictures of women naked, sometimes not even them mm-hmm. in person. You know, it's just all the, like, using the eagerness of somebody to, like, get what you want out of them is disgusting. So, um, I'm glad. I'm glad this is happening. I don't know if Castlevania will be able to survive after its fourth season without Warren Ellis on it, but I have a feeling it'll be fine. Yeah, they could find another writer. Like, And again, like with what he's done, I can separate work from yeah. assholes. And He is a big, stinky asshole. Yes. I love Transmetropolitan. That's one of his greatest works. Um, but you go back and you read books like that, and you're like, oh... Oh, I see it. Yeah, it's like when you when you found out about Louis C.K. and then you went back and listened to his comedy about masturbating all the time, and you were like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that makes sense, I guess. But you know, uh, women don't fall for that shit. You got talent on your your own. You don't need a men to to push you forward in life. Just do it on your own. It may take a little bit more work. Um, but at least you don't have to look at gross penises <laughs> to get there. Ugh. Um, something that I was very happy to uh, learn is Watchmen has been nominated for 26 Emmys. As it should have been. Yes. Like, I am i haven't really watched an award show in forever, but I'm not lying. With I'm curious how many they're going to win. They should win them all. Uh I'm actually going to watch the Emmys this year, particularly for this. There's been a couple other good shows that I've seen up for some nominations. This but... is the year you're going to watch the Emmys in a pandemic? You're going to watch that boring as hell Emmy presentation? It's something new it's that I gonna can be, watch. It's going to be worse than it is normally. <laughs> it's all going to be over Zoom. <laughs> People's that internet is... connections are going to go out. Well, maybe they just get to the chase and tell me what who won, and I can be like, yay, Right, I guess, yeah. Um, so, uh, another thing that I'm a little excited for is uh, there is the Willow sequel, sequel show that they're doing on Disney+. Plus. Willow the Squeakquel? Yes. <laughs> Ryan Howard uh, is uh, part of the development for that, oh. and I'm. It's again, it's a world that I am very curious to revisit. I enjoyed Willow, and I loved all the uh, George Lucas type uh, other 
things that he has made uh, in that. Because again, it's it's a Star Wars universe thing. Just a different world without lightsabers and. Cool are you thing. making a statement that this exists in the Star Wars universe, or are you making a statement that this is a world building, world building sort of type thing? thing? Okay, I was like, I have not heard that theory. <laughs> oh, no, like there's so much to Willow that they explored within. Yes, Willow. Yes, that it would be cool to. Will it have Val Kilmer in it? That that's also something. <laughs> no. Probably, likely, we will never see Val Kilmer again, especially with, we all know what he's been going through, but with the pandemic. Yeah. It, actually, no, I was going to What lie. has he been going through? Well, with his cancer the oh. uh, cancer and everything. Like, I see. Because uh, what he was... He was in the Kevin Smith movie. That's what I was going to say. He, yeah. that was, he made that appearance, which was very huge, because that was his first appearance in Eons, right. pretty much. Uh, mainly because of the cancer has taken its toll on his body and looks and everything for him, but... Poor Val. I mean, he just looks like he's getting old. That happens to all of us. He was born in 1959. That makes him 60. Mel Kilmer's 60. The Saint is still one of my favorite movies. And he really is the the true top, Top Gun. Oh, God. Yeah, I guess. I don't have a, an opinion on Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, movies. Movies. Uh, Universal has explained their uh, new kind of rules that they're having with theaters. Okay. Which is they can pull a movie uh, to go video on demand if they're feeling like it, which pisses off movie theaters like there is a symbiotic relationship with how movies go to certain theaters how money is distributed back and forth from ticket sales and everything in between and a big thing came about with the king of staten island movie which was supposed to release in theaters Mm -hmm. so movie theaters were promoting it and then it got pulled and put on video on demand and movie theaters were like, well, what the fuck? Right. That would be money that would come into us that is now not coming to us. Would it, though? Would it be money that, like, would you go? All right. Well, they don't make money off the ticket. They make money. So not having people coming in. I know. But what I'm saying is, would, pe- would people come? Would that be the movie that would drive people back to the theater? No, but let's say there's no movies and then there's that one. I and still, there's it would not. three people that would go to the theater. Pete Davidson is not the person that's going to bring me I, back to I know, to I know, the I know. <laughs> But it is one of those things of if this is what they're going to start doing. Right. So they've more uh, explained it a little bit of they're going to have a 17-day window. They will assess after 17 days. But they're kind of letting the theater chains know this is what we're going to be doing. Because then theater chains have been saying we're not going to show Universal Pictures then at our... So there's a lot of fighting back and forth. It is crazy fighting too. Because it's like, listen, theaters and Universal. Like, we get it. You're having a hard time. We all are. It's a pandemic. <laughs> well, I've, I've heard that uh, um, uh, one of the uh, actors from New Mutants thinks, I still don't think we're going to have our movie released <laughs> ever. <laughs> Which I'm thinking that's very true. Uh, 
That'd be funny if it just never came out. I mean, it's going to be It became one of those movies that, like, you know there's copies of it out there, so you start getting, like, the bootleg copy of, like, this person taped it, and then this person taped it, so you're, like, a hundred... A hundred copies in on a on something. Well, one of, I mean, one of the big things that will be within the next month is when Tenet releases internationally. That's going to be the thing that studios are going to be looking at. Yeah. Of are we going to be releasing movies or should we just start taking them all off the slate? There's still movies that I personally think just release them on demand. We can all have a giant uh, watch party and. Heck yeah, I'd watch New Mutants on demand. I'd pay twenty bucks for that. Yeah, uh, that could maybe even be our uh, Thanksgiving uh, wonderful movie. I know, I know. Although, um, what was Josh watching? Oh, he watched the Fantastic Four movie. Did you watch that one? The new one that they did. Yeah. I did have not seen it yet. Oh, it's terrible. I know. That's why I'm like. Maybe that should be our Thanksgiving Day no. movie. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess we did suffer through uh, Dark Phoenix, we did. so I don't uh, think much can be worse than that. My brother just started watching it. Yeah. And as as I had said, great minds think alike at the beginning, is Storm the new Iceman? <laughs> Remember her making ice yeah. and putting it into a glass? Like, that's not how her powers work. No. When she's Thor at the end. Yeah. Yeah. You got anything else? Um, what do I got here? Well, I don't, I mean, you play video games a little bit. Not a whole lot. Were you ever a fan of the Silent Hill games? Uh, they were all right. Yeah. I'm a big fan of horror in video games. I, I don't, it's not that I got scared. But, oh, you got scared. But I just didn't like when things scared me. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dead Space is one of my favorite all-time video game franchises. I love it. Uh, Fatal Frame was another one that I really enjoyed playing. Silent Hill, of course, being one of like the original best horror games out there. There's been speculation that a new Silent Hill game is coming for the PlayStation 5. Um... But it was shot down very quickly. But now they've created a Twitter, a Silent Hill Twitter. And it's like, why would you create a Silent Hill Twitter account if you're not going to push a new game? Now, they mm -hmm. have done a, a collaboration with Dead Before Dawn, which I don't know. I think that's a, I think Connor played it. It's an online game where literally your whole job is to like stay alive until the sun comes up sort of game. And so they did a club with that. But that can't be the only reason why they have a Twitter account pop up, <laughs> right? That would be stupid. So um, to me, that signals that maybe they were like, just kidding, we are going to do a new Silent Hill game, which would be very exciting. I love Silent Hill. I love it so much. It's so, like, weird, creepy, genre-bending sort of games. <clears throat> Plus, they usually have lots of creepy, laughing children in them, which is the hallmark to any good horror game, I think. So that's really all I, I had, news-wise, and the gross men. Gross men in comics. This week on Gross Men in Comics, Warren Ellis and Jason Latour. <laughs> <laughs> it's our new segment. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a 
good one and a bad one of news that came out. Uh, how about the bad one first? So, my good buddy, my diabetes friend. Your friend in diabetes. <laughs> Wilford Brimley passed away. Uh, yes. Now, I mean, I granted, he's not like the biggest celeb, but he's been on a lot of things and a lot of cool things. But most everyone knows him from his... Uh, raising awareness for testing your blood sugars and testing it often. Right. And me being a diabetic, that is my life. So I have to say, like, he was our spokesperson for the longest time. And so it is he kind of... He lived a good long life. He was 85. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's good, right? <laughs> As a spoke per- spokesperson for a illness that lasts mm-hmm. your whole life, he lived a good long life. And I remember as... One other big thing with him that I knew him before being talking uh, diabetes, the movie Cocoon. Oh, my God. So we were talking about that before I left the house today. And Josh was like, I thought he was way older than 85. And I was like, yeah, because he was in Cocoon in like the 80s. He was in his 40s when he made that movie. The Cocoon really works. <laughs> he really it's got like younger. Crazy. He was playing like a 60-year-old man in that movie. That movie, whoever came up with that concept of that movie and got greenlit, Holy shit, because that is so Twice. weird of a crazy... Yes. Twice. There were There's two. probably some direct DVD <laughs> ones, too. Uh, but when I was younger, my grandparents had the Disney Channel. So whenever we were over there, we'd be able to finally watch, like, Pooh's Corner and all that. And Cocoon was one of those movies that was always on. So if it was an afternoon that we were over at my grandma's house, Cocoon would be on. I'm young, kid... Not understanding anything of what cocoon means. There's these weird egg sacs in their pool. And I didn't even get the concept that they were getting younger. I just know that I got freaked out <laughs> towards the end um, when like there was some like lights going across the egg sacs. And I don't remember if that's when the... Because they were alien pods, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh these, these like hatched. light beans yeah yeah and and like it scared the shit out of me finding like before i was just like oh there's cocoons and old people swim with them and that's what i thought because i'm a kid but then when i saw the terror of and it's they're also they're friendly like oh aliens. my god it's not a bad movie so the 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 plot says about a th- about ten thousand years ago peaceful aliens from the planet anteria or however you say that, set up an outpost on Earth on Atlantis. When Mm. Atlantis sank, 20 aliens were left behind, kept alive in large rock-like cocoons at the bottom of the ocean. Now, a group of Antarians have returned to collect them. Disguising themselves as humans, they rent a house with a swimming pool. I feel like I have to (laughs) rewatch this as an adult. I know. I know. It's just, it really is crazy, though, because, like, Wilford Brimley's, like, all of the characters were, like, they were in retirement homes. Like you're not you're not in a retirement home when you're in your forties. I'm sorry. If you are, then you had a rough life. But <laughs> so, you know, he was so I just assumed he was like already in his sixties then. So I thought when they said he died he was gonna be like hundred and two. Yeah. True. <laughs> He's eighty five. I actually didn't even realize he was still alive, unfortunately. <laughs> Beatus took his Lost. toll on his body. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So that's like I said. That's sad it. to hear. Yeah. It's always sad to hear when anyone right 
passes. Uh, but the funny uh, last news story that I got is, so, uh, you know, when you get your tax refunds and everything, typically if you don't get it direct deposited and they mail it to you, your governor is not actually signing all those checks. No. They are just printed on with their signature. I don't even know if it's the governor that would do it. Whoever signature that they put on the Usually it's the head of the treasury. Okay, yeah. yeah. Your state treasury person. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, you can get checks that may have the wrong signature depending on the printers that prints them up. And in Rhode Island, uh, that happened where uh, they know for sure, uh, I think it was like around 200 people at least, got checks written to them from Mickey Mouse and some other, and Walt Disney and some other people. Now, the reason why is because I guess Walt Disney's and Mickey Mouse, like you'd read that and be like, why are they signing a check? They have these uh, signatures to try to um, test the system mm. to like, so if they'll put them on fake checks and when they're doing their audits or whatever, go to a bank and see if someone would actually cash a check from those people. Right. Well, what ended up happening is someone clicked the wrong file when they're making some of these to have the real signature, had these signatures on it. And so kind of, obviously these people are going to get their real money anyways and prove that, you know, they're supposed to get their tax refund. But I find it hilarious because I would love to have my taxes paid for me by so, Walt Disney or yeah. someone else. That's um, disturbing in a governmental system. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> you get it? <laughs> um, I got booze. it. Oh, I have, bo yeah, Booze in a Book, which I failed to do when I actually did the review. Tony and I are lame and only read a couple books this week. So our Booze in a Book is... The book I already reviewed, X Factor Number One, and I was meant to do the booze right afterwards, but we moved on very quickly to the Power Rangers. So, <laughs> the cocktail that I'm pairing with uh, X Factor Number One this week is the North Star, which is uh, out of Hennessy. Hennessy has created this. Hennessy is delicious. I don't know if you've ever had Hennessy, but it is yummy. So it's 2.5 ounces of Hennessy, 0.25 ounces of maple syrup. I'm already sold. <laughs> you put maple syrup in a drink. I it So few people do it, and it's delicious. Um, a dash of black walnut bitters, a dash of aromatic bitters, and one of those star, was it, anise? You know, those little pods? Yeah, Zordon! <laughs> So irritating. I know you do it on purpose most of I the time. I do not. I just forget. <laughs> anyway, mix all that stuff together. Put the little star... Those little pods are... First of all, that shit makes things taste delicious. Um, unless you're not a fan of like that black licorice taste, I guess. Um, but that's the cocktail that's going with this. It's the North Star. Right. I mean, the connection is there. Just think about it. <laughs> Oh, you have any words of wisdom? Words of wisdom? Oh, we haven't done that in forever. I used to put Charles on the spot since he's not here. Yeah, anymore. no. I Actually, mean... and I'm pissed that he's not here because I need to catch up on my Venom. And I've been hearing some things of the book and some awesomeness. And I'm like, man, if he was here, he could I give know. me the summary. I know. 
Um, no, I don't have any words of wisdom. Well, I have the sleep, perf- sleep, get get enough sleep and drink a lot of water. Check your blood sugars and check them often. Eat uh, Quaker oats, oatmeal. And that'll help with your diabetes. <laughs> um, well, to wrap up the show, I heard that they found a, another murder hornet in uh, Washington. So yeah, those are making a surprise return in in the newest uh, month of this season well, of 2020. There, there was one more zombie cicadas was another one. Oh, is that what we're gonna have for August? Yeah, okay. zombie cicadas. Yep. So get out that bingo card. Yeah, stay thirsty for. <laughs> Or whatever the hell those things are. <laughs> you stay thirsty for them? <laughs> Gross. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Stay thirsty for not that? For the opposite of that? Stay thirsty for a pandemic bingo. I wonder what the prize is. <laughs> Your organs are able to be sold on the black market because they're not infected yeah, yet. Yeah. Is the prize life or death? I don't know yet. (laughs) But we will all soon find out. (laughs)